Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and if you're looking for a place to make some online wagers, betonline.ag is your place. They are your online sportsbook experts. And the promo code is PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. He is Evan Silva. And I've been waiting for this, Evan, for a few weeks. We are getting into his top 50 rookie dynasty rankings, which obviously are huge for those of you that play dynasty. But even if you don't, it's great to know where Evan stands on these kids and where he ranks them for your redraft league. So excited to dive into it. Evan, of course, can always be followed on Twitter at Evan Silva. He is the man with the plan. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, lots of podcasts, had a good conversation with Andrew Brandt, the former Packers executive today, about the entire concept of quarterbacks mentoring or any veteran player mentoring, because he was there in Green Bay for the whole Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing, since that's in the news with Joe Flacco, encourage you very much to listen to Andrew on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. I also encourage you to go to lightstream.com if you haven't already. This thing is awesome. And to be more specific, lightstream.com slash feast. What is it? It's credit card consolidation loans. And it is the way to do it. Absolutely the way to do it. Look, you can get a fixed rate as low as 5.95% APR for a loan from 5000 to 100000 okay? So let's say you got a couple different credit cards, you got some debt on it, it's ten grand, right? You know what you're paying? You're paying crazy interest rates on that money. Crazy. Knock it out. You can knock it out. Absolutely knock it out. And by the way, then you're only paying 5.95% APR, and you guys, my listeners, get an even additional interest rate discount only if you go to lightstream.com slash feast. It's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, of course. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. Offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. All right, so Evan, like we do every year, we're going to get into your Dynasty Rookie Rankings Top 50, but you add a little something-something this year, which I'm excited about. 
You also have an undrafted free agent running back five pack with Bucks running back Bruce Anderson, Panthers running back Elijah Holyfield, Texans running back Demaria Crockett, Titans running back Alex Barnes, Giants running back Jonathan Hillman. I mean, I, I haven't even heard of some of these dudes yet. You're, are you about to give me some analysis on them? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to deliver some analysis. I just, I, you know, I kind of wanted to jam these guys into my top 50, but I just couldn't find, you know, they just weren't worth it at the end of the day. You know, we want to chase guys that have some draft capital. We want to chase some guys that where their teams made an, an investment into them. Um, I like the landing spots for these guys. Um, and I like at least something about their profile. Um, but I wanted to point him out. We'll start off with Bruce Anderson. He goes to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Bruce Anderson, well, first of all, let's just look at Tampa Bay's depth chart. I mean, Peyton Barber is on a one-year, cheap one-year deal. Um, you know, he's a, a limited player. Ronald Jones showed us nothing uh, as a rookie. And, you know, there's just not a whole lot on the depth chart in Tampa Bay. I watched uh, Bruce Anderson uh, really for the first time last night, watched three games of him. And he's not a guy that, you know, is, is super elusive. He's kind of a straight line, super upright runner, um, only caught 32 passes in four seasons in college. Um, but he's got enough size and enough straight line speed at 4.58 uh, that I think he's at least interesting um, for, uh, for as a deep dynasty league prospect. Elijah Holyfield, people know who he is. Uh, he played at Georgia, of course, shared time there with DeAndre Swift. Next year, I think DeAndre Swift is going to be probably the number one running back in the class, really talented guy. Um, but Elijah Holyfield was like the, you know, the tackle-breaking grinder there. He goes to the combine, he runs 4.78. Of course, doesn't get drafted, but he goes into a, a pretty nice landing spot where all he's got to beat out is Cameron Artis Payne and Jordan Scarlett, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, fifth-round pick to become the number two behind Christian McCaffrey. Demaria Crockett of the Texans played at Mizzou. Uh, watched a bunch of him recently, and um, like you can you you can tell why these guys aren't getting drafted. You know, even though they have big-time athleticism, and he 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 falls into that category. He's five foot ten. 225 ran 44 flat with a 37 inch vertical at Missouri's pro day but he's super inconsistent when you watch him play does not have a passing game pedigree but hey he, he goes to the Texans you know Lamar Miller is in the last year of his deal has been underwhelming as the Texans starter their number two back is Dante Foreman who never could quite make it back from his torn Achilles last year that has been it no running back in NFL history, no known running back in NFL history has ever made it back successfully from a torn Achilles. Um, so Demaria Crockett ha has a chance to ascend in Houston pretty quickly in a high-scoring offense. Titans uh, running back Alex Barnes, you mentioned, he had the number three spark score among all running backs um, uh, in the 2019 draft class slash, you know, priority undrafted free agency class. He's another guy that you, when you watch him, the athleticism really does not show up um, on his on his college film. But he did have a lot of carries at Kansas. He was pretty productive. 
Um, he can catch the ball a little bit. He's big, 226 pounds. Um, and he goes to Tennessee where they seem very committed under Arthur Smith to uh, a run-heavy philosophy. You look at the right guard that they took uh, in the draft, Nate Davis. He's a like a mauling right guard prospect. Um, and I think that they are going to, you know, stack their or put their chips behind Derrick Henry this year. And you look down the depth chart, you know, you, you got Deion Lewis in the change of pace role, but there isn't a number two back. Um, the, the next guy up will be David Fluellen, who's really just a special teamer and is also coming off a season-ending injury. So Alex Barnes is a name to remember. And then Jonathan Hilleman, uh, who began his career at Boston College and then uh, finished his career at Rutgers, was a committee back throughout that time, but he's got above-average measurables, another guy who runs in the four fives at 217 pounds. And you look at the Giants' depth chart behind Saquon Barkley, not a whole lot. You know, I think that Wayne Gallman is certainly uh, beatable for a, a roster spot, um, or, or at least for a number two job. So just wanted to mention those guys, and then we'll get into the 50. Got it. I love it, especially the situations that they're in. And there is a history of undrafted free agent running backs coming out of nowhere, even as rookies, and having some success. Let's get into, though, some of the guys you did rank in the top 50, which includes, by the way, some undrafted guys, including number 50, Bengals wide receiver Stanley Morgan. Yeah, so let's start with the Bengals depth chart. You know, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd are both in contract years. I'm sure that they will lock up one, if not both. Um, but, you know, you, you, you kind of never know. Uh, that helps Stanley Morgan's prospects in Cincinnati. And then the other guy, uh, John Ross, is signed long-term, but he's already been the subject of trade rumors, um, and he's really done nothing through two seasons. Stanley Morgan... Uh, graduated as Nebraska's all-time leader in receptions and yards, uh, was seen as a really good route runner coming out of college, didn't drop anything, uh, was tested in the 89th percentile. Stanley Morgan not get, getting drafted, I think, was maybe the single most surprising event um, of the in, entire three-day process. And I think the Bengals got a guy that, might contribute to their offense sooner rather than later with so many guys in contract years and, you know, guys not producing like Josh, John Ross. 49 is another receiver. Seahawks wide receiver. John, is it Ursula? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. He, um, he played at Hawaii, had one monster year. He's a small guy, 5'9", 175. But, but he's going to be a slot. I mean, he played slot back uh, at Hawaii, which uh, runs a run-and-shoot offense. Super, super productive in his final year there. His level of intrigue was raised, of course, when Doug Baldwin retired. Um, and that puts John Ursula very much on the radar, radar as potentially Seattle slot receiver of the future. Number 48. Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro. He was a fifth-round pick, and it was a surprise he didn't go to the Patriots. <laughs> 5'10", 186. 
uh, ran four five nine. So clearly, you know, doesn't have the full package in terms of size and straight line speed. But he's a slot guy. He's a career over lifetime overachiever. Walks on to Clemson, which you know, if, if you've been paying attention, this team wins national championships. Walks on there, starts for four years, um, and. You know, he is he just he, he profiles very similarly, I think, to another Clemson receiver, Adam Humphreys. Um, and I think he could be I think Hunter Renfro could be the Raiders starting slot receiver from day one. You've got Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams as primarily outside receivers. And then, you know, they cut Seth Roberts. And, you know, you look at who his competition would be, it'd be like Ryan Grant who at this point is like a, an injury-prone uh, journeyman. So I think that Hunter Renfro could be their starting slot receiver day one and give you some pr- production right off the bat. I don't know you know, if his long-term upside is that high, but, you know, I, hey, you know, if, this, if this team reaches a place where they're throwing the ball a lot, you know, he could, he could be a candidate for 100 targets or something. Um, you know, w- within the next couple of years and be an actual fantasy asset. Let's get to number 47. It's a fourth-round wide receiver with the Chicago Bears, Riley Ridley. And I, I, I know you know this, but yes, the younger brother of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and I think that that and his route running – uh, were the reasons that he got drafted where he did because he wasn't very productive at Georgia. Now they did play run first offense, um, but you know he he didn't check that box for box for production. Uh, none of his measurables were very good. You know he's um, he's sub two hundred pounds. He's kind of tall and kind of skinny. Um, but I, I suppose he could eventually replace Taylor Gabriel. It's just you got Allen Robinson there long term. You got uh, Trey Burton there long term. You got Anthony Miller uh, in Chicago long term. You have you know potentially long term question marks about the quarterback position in Chicago. It, it'll be you know this is a very big year. It's another very big year for Mitchell Trubisky. So you know I I think I, I think he's he's probably a guy who you know might be a good player in real life, like a good third or fourth receiver in real life, but probably isn't going to help us very much in fantasy anytime soon. Number 46, you have an undrafted free agent. It's a wide receiver for the Dolphins, Preston Williams. Yeah, Preston Williams went to Tennessee as a five-star high school recruit, um, failed a bunch of drug tests, goes to Colorado State, fails another drug test. You know, he really only played one big, one full season in college, but he was wildly productive. Um, during that one season, and and then and then he goes to his pro day. Oh, he he's not invited to the combine due to a domestic violence issue that arose in 2017. Um, he goes to his pro day, and he wasn't very good at his pro day. Um, ran four six flat. You know, all the other measurables were pretty disappointing. You know, I clearly the guy has talent. You know, um, but it's just. You know, there's a, a obvious obvious reasons why he did not get drafted. Now he goes to Miami, and everything's wide open there. You know, they're they're doing a full rebuild 
the Dolphins are, and everything's wide open. So he's got a ton of opportunity there, uh, but he's going to have a very, very short leash. So, you know, he, he, there's there's a, a good chance that if you draft Princeton, Preston Williams in, you know, the fourth or fifth round of your dynasty rookie draft, I mean, he could be cut before training camp you know, if he does the, if he makes the slightest mistake. Another undrafted free agent's next, Saints running back uh, Divine Ozigbo. Yeah, and he had a, a good amount of support before the draft. I know that Greg Cosell liked him. Josh Norris loved him. Matt Waldman liked him. Uh, he also checked, checked boxes uh, in terms of uh, size and speed because he ran 4.54 four at over 220 pounds at uh, Nebraska's Pro Day, was not invited to the Combine, which I thought was kind of weird. Averaged seven yards per carry in his final season at Nebraska. Um, can catch the ball. And, you know, he kind of reminded me of the old, the old uh, Minnesota running back who played, who was drafted by the Titans, uh, David Cobb, a little bit. Um, but he can catch passes, and that's a big deal. And he ran a lot faster at his Pro Day than David Cobb did. So, um, I think he's kind of like a rich man's version of David Cobb. He goes to Minnesota, he goes to New Orleans, where they have, you know, the best offensive line in the league, or at least one of the the three best offensive lines in the league. And he's going to essentially be the direct backup, I think, for Latavius Murray. If something happens to Latavius Murray, all of a sudden, Divine Ozigbo, uh, you know, could find himself in a ten to fourteen touch per game role. Um, in a, a very productive offense behind a great offensive line. Yeah, I think he's kind of an exciting fourth-round dynasty rookie pick. How about the next guy on your list? It's another running back late in round seven. Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin felt like he was at UW playing for Washington for like 10 years. I swear that guy was a running back for Washington for like 10 years. Yeah, he had almost a thousand career rushing attempts. Um, so a lot of, a lot of wear on the tires, I guess, but it's also an indication that, Hey, you know, he was earning those carries for a long time and, you know, no one could beat him out. Um, you know, isn't super uh, attractive in terms of his, you know, his size and his measurables, but he does have that track record of being a high volume workhorse, you know, at a pretty at, at a power five school, and um, and he went to a you know again a, a Dolphins team where they're they're not going to have like long term commitments to any of their other running backs. Kenyon Drake's contract is about to come up, and um, you know Kalen Balage was a guy who was drafted by essentially a different kind of re- regime, or at least under a different plan. Um, and you know, as a fourth round pick, they're not going to have a whole lot of loyalty to him. So I think there's just going to be a lot of competition in this backfield in both the short and the longer term. And Miles Gaskin has, 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 has shown, you know, at least at, at, a, at a, a high-rated uh, college that he can hold off competition uh, and that he can handle a big workload. And, hey, how do we get a lot of fantasy points it's by guys who get a lot of touches? Number 43, another running back from a big school. This one's with the Bengals, Rodney Anderson, who really talented, but he just had a, a lot of trouble with his health. 
Yeah, we've got back-to-back Bengals running backs here, both drafted in the sixth round. Um, so we could just knock them both out. I think that Rodney Anderson would be more like the direct backup to Joe Mixon, and Travion Williams would be like the direct backup to Giovanni Bernard. Um, because Rodney Anderson is more of a, you know, he's 220 pounds, and if he can stay healthy, which he almost never did uh, at Oklahoma, but if he could ever stay healthy, um, then, you know, I, I look, if, if he had stayed healthy in his, in his college career, he might have been the number one running back drafted in this class. Um, but he's more of like the feature back type. And then Travion Williams, super, super productive at Texas A&M, did not test partic- particularly well, but wasn't terrible. Um, but I think that he's going to end up as more of like a, a change of pace, you know, passing down specialist in the Giovanni Bernard mold. And I think that the Bengals, I mean, they've kind of given us indications that they want to move on from Giovanni Bernard sooner rather than later. They drafted Mark Walton uh, in the fourth round last year. And this year they drafted two running backs in the sixth. Number 41, let's keep it rolling on the running back train. I really like this guy. I watched him against Penn State and some other games. Quadri Olison from Pitt is a hammerhead. Yeah, 230 pounds. Uh, so he's one of the biggest backs in this class. And he was not a guy that I watched before the draft, but I did watch him after the draft. And... Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what he is. He's, he's a big banger. And I think that, you know, he's kind of like what the Falcons have wanted Brian Hill to be, maybe. Um, and then, you know, you look at the top of the Falcons' depth chart, Devontae Freeman has, has really struggled with injuries in recent seasons, uh, multiple knee injuries, and also uh, a foot injury last year, and then a groin injury surgery which sent him to injured reserve now and he's also had three concussions in his career um now he's said to be 100 percent, but you know i i think that there's legitimate concern is, is his body starting to break down i mean he's a little guy and he's taking an awful lot of hits at the nfl level and then uh eo smith is coming off knee surgery too so you know it's not crazy to think that quadri allison could get involved here if he has a big training camp and preseason and kind of carves out a little bit of a role in the Falcons backfield. And then that could turn, that can always turn into more as the season progresses. Next up, we keep it rolling and we got number 40 Redskins wide receiver, Kelvin Harmon out of NC state. This is an interesting one, Evan, because he had a really productive college career and I think I, – did he leave school early? I think a lot of people thought he would get drafted yeah. high, and then I, when people actually started watching him and dug in on him, it just didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's clean off the field, really has never had an injury. So, yeah, I mean, the NFL – I think that they're, that the NFL is not is not valuing big receivers as they used to. We saw a lot of guys um, – you know, that our big receivers kind of go later than expected. DK Metcalf went early third round. Hakeem Butler went in the fourth round. Kelvin Harmon is a sixth round compensatory pick. And he was the 33rd pick in the sixth round 
Um, so he was very, very close to being a seventh round pick. And you're right. He was super productive for three seasons at NZ state. They're playing with, um, Ryan Finley, um, you know, big six foot two, 222 pounds, really great hands, but did not test very well and did not separate very well in college where he played almost strictly outside receiver. I kind of wanted to see him as a big slot receiver in the NFL, but I don't think that we're going to get that. What I think we're going to get is Kelvin Harmon pushing Josh Doxson for playing time this year, the disappointing former uh, or 2016 first-round pick, Josh Doxson. I think that Kelvin Harmon is going to compete with him, and I think that um, Terry McLaurin is going to compete with uh, – Paul Richardson as the the sort of for the sort of deep threat role, and I think Trey Quinn is kind of locked in as their slot receiver. Um, the 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 very low investment hurts Kelvin Harmon in these rankings, um, but I do think he's got a, a shot at early career opportunity if he can beat out Josh Doxson, um, much more physical player than Josh Doxson is. Been looking forward to asking about this one. Number 39, Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Your boy. Your boy, Daniel Jones. Why is he uh, my boy? Hey, someone's got to stick up for him. Someone's got to stick up for him. No, I'm sticking, I mean, up, I, I, I'm sticking up for the fact that everybody acts like it's the biggest idiotic move of all time when so many people that are saying that literally never watch the dude play and I don't remember them saying that when the Bears took Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's funny that everybody like acts like they totally know. Like they like if if right. you say this all the time about team getting volume of draft choices, if we know anything about the draft, it's that we don't all know. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, he's he's an athletic guy. Um he wasn't like a producer as a scrambler really at Duke, but he is very athletic. So that's a good, good notch on his profile. Um, they're going to drop him into an offense where they revamp the offensive line. The offensive line looks pretty good on paper. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll do our offensive line rankings eventually, but I, you know, I think last year we would have definitely had him, or we definitely had them bottom three, bottom five. And I'm thinking now, we might have them like in the, I don't know, 16 to 23 range. And that's, you know, a pretty big step up from last year after adding Kevin Zeitler and Mike Grummers and getting back John Halepio from injury. Um, Nate Soldier will, will be in, in this, his second year in the offense. Will, will Hernandez will be, um, you know, will, will, will be in his second year in the NFL. So, the offensive line suddenly looks like it could be competent. Um, it'll be interesting to see, do we see Daniel Jones play this year? Um, because he's the sixth overall pick in the draft, and those guys tend to play in their first seasons if the season starts to you know, circle the drain with Eli Manning. Um, I, you know, because he plays a devalued position and because you know, I, I didn't particularly love him as a prospect, He's going to be late. He's going to be low in these um, rankings, but he does have the athleticism and he does have at least a, a decent supporting cast. I really would wish that 
you know, he, if, if you want to see him succeed, like I think you keep Odell Beckham, you know, because he, imp- he increases his chances of succeeding. But they've got Evan Ingram. They've got Golden Tate. They got Sterling Shepard. They got the improved offensive line, and um, I think they'll be able to drop him into a little bit, a little bit more favorable of a spot than um, he's probably given credit for. Number thirty-eight, Chiefs running back James Williams. I believe this is the highest undrafted free agent you have. Yeah, I think yeah, he, yeah, he definitely is. Um, we can do the the. Chiefs running backs back to back here because I just it's going to be like an up for grabs job between these guys and I think that um, Darwin Thompson being a compensatory sixth round pick the 41st pick in the sixth round and then James Williams being a UDFA it's not really that different you know but I, I do have Darwin Thompson ahead of James Williams because they clearly valued him more. They clearly had Darwin Thompson higher on the board considering they drafted one and then, you know, signed one in priority undrafted free agency. James Williams caught a million passes at Washington state playing with or playing in Mike Leach's offense. And I think has some similarities to James white. Um, So James Williams is, and he's going to a great offense where the numbers one and two running backs are like, kind of journeyman types i mean damian williams has been around the league a little bit he played awesome uh down the stretch last year 10 touchdowns in the final six games um over 100 total yards per game during that stretch but he's you know is still a guy that you know they don't have a whole lot committed to that extension that he signed where i think it was like three years and nine million you know that's not a big commitment um and then carlos hyde has been around the league quite a bit as well and Darwin Thompson and James White are sort of the, the same style of player. I think that James White is the better receiving back, and Darwin Thompson is the better runner. Um, Darwin Thompson led the nation in yards after contact per rushing attempt this past year, almost six yards after contact per rushing attempt at Utah State, was hyper, hyper efficient, but doesn't have the, the receiving pedigree that James Williams does. So I'm kind of, you know, kind of hedging my bets here, putting them back to back. Um, but I think that they both have value. And I think that they should both be drafted in dynasty rookie drafts where you've got four or five rounds. Okay. What about this next one's an interesting one from a dynasty perspective, yeah. Redskins running back Bryce love fourth round pick, I think was higher than people thought he would go after that knee injury and it's interesting he put videos out there to show his progress but i know dr chow who joins me on the ross tucker football podcast the former chargers team doctor he didn't he didn't really think that those those videos were really all that encouraging yeah and there were multiple reports about um bryce lee bryce love continuing to ex, uh, experience soreness uh, in his surgically repaired knee um you know it, it seems to me just having done this over you know 12 years that the level of um i don't know medical um like potency uh in, in terms of like uh, surgically repaired knees is just so much better at the nfl level than at the college level um and 
you know, I, I, I actually was surprised that Bryce Love got drafted. Uh, I thought that he was not going to get drafted. And then he goes to a landing spot where, you know, you got Adrian Peterson there. You got Darius Geist there. You got Chris Thompson. You got Samaj P. Ryan, you know, just so many bodies. How is he, and how is he going to work in the NFL too? I mean, he, he was like a, a really exciting runner at Stanford, but, you know, he's below, he's, his size is not where you want it for a feature back. And he wasn't used in the passing game very much at Stanford. I think he had 46 catches in four years. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, I think this is sort of a bet on talent situation, having him here at number 36, which in a 12 team dynasty league would be a fringe third, fourth round rookie pick. But I think that that's probably where he belongs because there's just such a lack of clarity. Where does he fit long term? You know, is he going to max out as maybe like an Austin Eckler type? Can he even be an Austin Eckler type? Because we haven't seen him play very much in the passing game. What's the status of his knee? You know, it's he's a tough one to figure. Yeah, that will be. There's a lot of different factors in play there. What about? Uh, let's get to what was he? Thirty-seven. So let's get to now number 35. Yeah, 35, Jordan Scarlett with the Panthers. He's a guy, by the way, that played in the uh, U.S. Army Bowl. He was a a pretty good prospect at a high school going to Florida. Yeah, and kind of underachieved at Florida. Um, Never really took the reins as a, um, you know, as a full-time feature back. Was productive in his opportunities. And I think the talent is clearly there. What kind of hindered him were some off-field stuff at Florida. Um, but, you know, the, the Panthers used a fifth-round pick on him. Again, you look at this Panthers depth chart, he's going to be competing with, and he's got, I think, enough size to theoretically be a feature back and plenty of speed. Uh, he timed in the four fours. So, and so he's got to beat out Eliza Holyfield who we already discussed way back, you know, in, in the, the UDFA five pack. Uh, and then Cameron Artis Payne to be the number two back behind Christian McCaffrey. So all of a sudden, hey, you know, Christian McCaffrey suffers, you know, suffers an injury. He's out a few weeks. And we're looking at Jordan Scarlett as a potential fantasy starter, you know, in, in a pretty good offense with an offensive line that played pretty well last year. And they supplemented quite a bit with, you know, trading up for Greg Little and, um, uh, signing Matt Paradis from the, the Broncos. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like Jordan Scarlett. I think he is a, a very viable late third-round dynasty rookie pick uh, in a better better landing spot than, it, than people might think. Another quarterback here, Evan. It's Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins. He went to the 15th overall pick. Yeah, again, you know, play is a devalued position in normal and regular standard fantasy football leagues. Um, doesn't add a lot of mobility. I think that he could end up being, you know, a fantasy factor eventually. But with so many guys coming into the league that can uh, supplement their fantasy scoring with a, uh, being a dual threat, like Kyler Murray and, you know, Deshaun Watson in recent years and Josh Allen. Um, I think that the, the kind of statue, you know, pocket quarterbacks, I think that they will be able to succeed in the NFL in real life. 
but just not that desirable in fantasy. You're playing a two in a two quarterback or super flex dynasty league, you know, then obviously you, you got to really bump Dwayne Haskins up. But I think that's where he belongs. I think he's long term a number two fantasy quarterback um, in, in like a regular dynasty league. How about Jags tight end Josh Oliver? They took in the third round. Yeah, they took him with a top 70 pick. He was not a blocker at all at San Jose State. He was a receiving tight end. And, you know, so that kind of tells me, because they took him so high, um, you know, that they're comfortable with his strengths and weaknesses and that they're probably going to use him as a receiving tight end. You look at the competition that he has for playing time, not very stiff in Jacksonville. Jeff Swaim. James O'Shaughnessy, Ben Koyak. I mean, Josh Oliver is a guy who's 6'5", 250, and runs 4'6", 3", and, you know, caught a ton of balls, at, at caught 98 balls at San Jose State. Um, I think he went to a pretty in- intriguing landing spot. You look at the history of Nick Foles. He's thrown the ball to Zach Ertz, you know, another tight end, more than any other player in his NFL career. Um, you know, can Josh Oliver kind of be the – uh, the the poor man Zach Ertz to Nick Foles in Jacksonville. I think that that's maybe what the Jags are hoping for. Next up, we've got number thirty-two Seahawks wide receiver Gary Jennings. Now, this was a guy that really popped out to me every time that I watched Will Greer play before the draft. I kept going, "Who is this guy? Who is this guy?" Because um, I just I just started with the quarterbacks and hadn't even looked at any of the receivers. And it was Gary Jennings as a vertical slot receiver, um, six foot one, uh, about two hundred pounds, and uh, he blew it up at the combine. Eighty third percentile spark, four four two in the forty, um, averaged fourteen yards per reception in his career. Doug Baldwin leaves, and you know everyone everyone kind of gets elevated in that Seattle passing attack. We're going to get to DK Metcalf on the next show. He's going to obviously be in the top 25, but I wound up liking DK Metcalf more after the draft than I did before the draft, because I think it was a good landing spot for him. And I think it's an excellent landing spot for Gary Jennings, uh, potentially, you know, as another guy who has a shot to be Seattle's long-term new slot receiver. Number 31, the last one for this week, we'll get to the top 30, the next couple weeks, but number 31, Redskins wide receiver Terry McLaurin, who got a lot of buzz like in the uh, pre-draft process, Senior Bowl, and he he's with his college teammate Dwayne Haskins with the Redskins. Yeah, only had about seventy catches in his college career, um, but you know he was really only asked to do one thing. They at at Ohio State, it's interesting. They you know they use like Paris Campbell in this certain role. And he really never diverts from that. Um, He was like a drag route and flat route runner. Terry McLaurin was the guy who kind of stretched the field uh, a little bit more. And, you know, he's he kind of reminded me of Devery Henderson, the old Saints wide receiver. Excellent gunner at Ohio State, made 15 special teams tackles, um, created takeaways as a gunner. Um, I just don't know, you know, what – what what is his true route inventory in the NFL going to hold? I, it's hard to say. You know, you watch these Ohio State receivers; it looks like they're really, really limited. But they're only being asked to do 
you know, certain things. I think that Paris Campbell is going to be able to expand. I'm not sure about Terry McLaurin. I just don't know. Um, but I think that, you know, if you just look at what they the talent that they have, the young talent that they have in Washington, I think he has a chance to be the Redskins, like, deep threat of the future. And then I think Kelvin Harmon has a chance, albeit longer, to be the Redskins' uh, possession receiver of the future and Trey, Trey Quinn to be the slot receiver of the future with Dwayne Haskins, of course, at quarterback. Evan, you are the man. You outdid yourself again. And here's the deal. Not only can you use Evan's dynasty rankings for, you know, dynasty fantasy football or redraft or whatever, they could also help you with some of the prop bets that are out there for some of these young guys at betonline.ag. Using the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% welcome bonus. So maybe you want to bet on the NBA Conference Finals, the Timber uh, Timberwolves, the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks tip off tonight. So you can get into that and bet on that, or you can just bet on prop bets or start to bet on uh, some of these other rookies. There's a lot of prop bets up for the rookie performances at betonline.ag, and Evan just gave you little bit of context as to what he's thinking for some of these guys. Again, betonline.ag, using the glorious promo code PODCAST1. That's the key. That gives you the 50% welcome bonus, which is always a bonus to get a bonus. Other than that, I'm pretty stuffed, Evan. That was a meaty, sizable Fantasy Feast eating podcast. Check out yesterday's Even Money with Steve Fezzik if you want his tips on betting the PGA Championship with Tiger Woods. I think he might surprise you. His thoughts on the conference finals. Plus, uh, Steve told his Kentucky Derby-esque story of a bad beat, which was really good on the Even Money podcast. And we had Matt Waldman, who, Evan, you're a big fan of, um, from the rookie scouting portfolio, breaking down the, the rookie draft picks that he really did not like. So certainly checked out out as well uh, on the College Draft Podcast. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot HTM.